You are now listening to our Streamable Life podcast with your hosts, Lauren and Brandon. Enjoy. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Lauren and Brandon. Um, happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the holiday off or enjoyed the holiday off and whatnot. Uh, how's your weekend been? It's good. It was pretty good. Uh, yesterday, well, Saturday didn't do anything. Really just chilled out and it rained. Yesterday, we're actually... Go ahead. We, yesterday, we're, we actually were there in Richmond. We saw uh, Grandma for a little bit and we came back. Yeah, and she said you guys stopped through. Yeah, and then um, today, nothing. Grilled and that was it. Just been chilling out, really. Yeah, this weekend was pretty chill for me. Saturday, I did some errands and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then Sunday, uh, the uh, some of our cousins had their family reunion date, and so then they came okay. over the Patterson side or whatever. All so right. saw some of them. And then, yeah, today we sort of been eating all day and... <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of food for the rest of the week. Right. That's pretty much what happened here. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and get this episode started with the news. Not much has been going on, but oh, a slow week. Some of I mean, some of the stuff we have is big, but it has been really slow. First off, I just like to uh send condolences out to all those that were affected by the shooting in Texas. Of course, there's another mass shooting here in the state so just sending condolences and hopefully um there's a change to laws to prevent that um and then uh we got news that valerie harper passed away um yeah. a legendary actress and comedian from uh, mary tyler moore show who went on to star in her own rhoda show right um she was 80 years old and she was that old yeah that was she passed away Monday, Tuesday? She passed away earlier than mm-hmm. Of last week, yeah. Um, I think she had been ill for for a while, but um, but yeah, she was definitely a, a big... I remember watching her growing up, just old episodes of shows and stuff. Yeah. R.I.P. to her. And then um, la- uh, late last week, Kevin Hart and his driver were involved in a car accident. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty serious. Um. I guess they somehow rolled into a ditch. I saw photos of the car, and right, it was bad. Yeah, and he was driving like an old muscle car, so those things, you know, they just have a lot of get up. But um, yeah, yeah, I saw the car too, and I couldn't. I think part of that is probably what like the firefighters cut away. But yeah, because the the top was gone. Yeah, they would have been dead, dead. Like yeah, yeah. Dead. But um, yeah. and I think someone told me he just got that in like July or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he got it for his birthday, his 40th birthday. Yeah, so they said um he had surgery and his wife said he'll he'll be fine after recovering. So the best to him, it could have been a lot worse. Right. Yeah. And then our final two uh, story headlines kind of go together. We yeah. we all know we kind of exist now. Well, not now. It's always been there, but um. So in this quote-unquote cancel culture, <laughs> yeah, um, where people have 
have, I mean, have every right to have issues with um, any public figure's behavior, whether past or present, and how severe right. it can be, and how they reconcile with that before they move on, um, doing what they do as a trade or whatever. And right. first, we have Nate Parker, who we haven't seen in three years right. since his debacle with Birth of a Nation and his past rape allegations and everything. Right. He resurfaces with a new film, American Skin, at the Venice Film Festival, and it accompanied with, you know, an apology on his tone deafness about his, the way he, he responded to being asked about his rape case back in the 90s. And this that, and the third, and a lot of people weren't here for it. They basically yeah. said, you've had three years to do this apology. Actually, you've had 20 years to do this apology because right. um, unfortunately the victim, other the alleged accuser, committed suicide yeah. later on after the case because of how everything went down. So he's had plenty of time to sort of apologize and right this wrong, but he so conveniently decided to do it with promotion of his film. Right. Um, and that was the other thing. Folks were like, you can decide whether or not to support him based on his behavior, but you shouldn't support him because his shit is trash. Okay. Yeah, Birth of the Nation was hype, and it was bad. Yeah, it was hyped by white people, for one thing. Right, yeah, that, and, that's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I saw the movie, and it wasn't the Oscar-worthy stuff folks were talking no. about. No, not at all. It was very basic. And from a review from IndieWire.com, American Skin isn't any better. No, no. I saw somebody say that the topic and what it covers is important and needs to be mentioned but that the film itself just doesn't just doesn't do anything right the the film american skin is about a father who loses his son to police brutality and through some wigger remove movie magic he right. holds a whole precinct hostage to have a trial for the cop who killed the father right. and prisoners are the jurors and blah 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 boo, boo, boo. and the yeah, the reviewer basically said is trash. Like he's, yeah. there was some quote where he said, the only way this would look better, he, he said something along the line, you could put some shit in some goggles and put it on, and this film still wouldn't Yes, work. I saw that. I, saw <laughs> that. I was like, wait. Like, so, yeah, it seems like, honestly, I don't know who told him he could direct. Like, I'll, he's a good actor. Like, I'll give him that. Right, right. But somewhere, someone would should have said, like, directing isn't your thing. Right. And, um... And they didn't. Yeah, and they didn't. He keeps on. So clearly that's an issue. And then to, to par along with that, we have Dave Chappelle, who just dropped his Netflix special, right. um, Sticks and Stones. And they say, you know, he tackled some of that cancel culture and quote-unquote political correctness. And for the most part, I saw, you know... He still he still has it. He's still funny. Right, right. The show is good, but people have issues with certain topics where he just has no regard for the way we the way things are going now. Yeah, things are going now. Conversations around, you know, trans people and the LGBTQ community. And sexual and folks, harassment. Yeah, and sexual harassment. And that's all fine and dandy, but People, people have the right to feel what they want to feel. Exactly, yeah. It's um, 
he, the last special he did for Netflix, in my opinion, it wasn't good. And I don't know if that's on Netflix's part, the way they produce these things, or, or if it was him, but I just, I couldn't get into it because kind of the same reason. He seems, he seems dated. Like, he hit some things, like, oh, that was good, but some things are just kind of like, all right, like, come on, Dave, you, you can do better. And it's yeah. just kind of funny. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people are saying, like, oh, uh, Dave didn't change. You guys changed. It's like, well, exactly. It's ten, It's been 10 years since the Chappelle show. Like, of course we're supposed to change. You grow. You learn stuff. Like, yeah. And, you know. and I, I saw one tweet aligning him with, like, Bill Maher and other older comedians who, like, who sort of lose grip on the pulse of what's happening in culture. Right. They just they just rely on like shocking people for right. laughs and it's unfortunate. I that doesn't work. It's, yeah, it, it really doesn't. And people want to root for him, but you can't get mad people just stating their opinion. Right. So so I think I think it's right to hold people accountable for things that they've done and people have to hold themselves accountable as well. I think I don't think the cancel culture thing is as bad as it makes it seem. I think it's just when shit gets to Twitter, it just blows up. Yeah. So things hit Twitter or they hit different things. They they have these quick bursts and then they die out. Like Yeah. That's the cancel. Chris that's Brown just put out a four to six songs. Exactly. Just because you say on Twitter doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Like people exactly. always say like cancel culture isn't real. Like no one's actually canceled because a few months later you're just supporting them so right so just as it's supposed to have to be like as individuals you know you choose what you want to support and what you don't just like you always have and just going about your business like there are certain things i think that are just non yeah you can't come back from r kelly yeah kanye west no matter how many times he remixes songs songs Oh god, that's a cult out there, man. I don't know what it really is. I don't have time for it. And now, like, even with the Jay Z thing, like, people are like, "Oh, yeah. he's going, he's going to be fine. You don't know what he's doing. He's playing chess, and y'all doing checkers." And then he's out here saying the lack of fathers in the house is why police are shooting all the niggas up. Wait, come on. Man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's strange. And then back to Nate Parker. I don't want to stay on him too long. Mm-hmm. But then Spike Lee. Spike Lee was like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> and Spike has his own issues. Like, yeah, he does. Just about he, to say that. He, great director. Like, his prime's clearly passed, but yeah. he's still a black success male. He doesn't, he yeah. hasn't really seen the world as it is now. And you right. can see that even in um, his show, She's Gotta Have It. Like, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> it. It can get frustrating sometimes, but I don't know. I think the whole thing is really just holding yourself accountable. Yeah, trying to do yeah. better. And then that's all people want you to do. It's not like they're trying to hate on you or whatnot. Well, just right, right. Just be adult about it. Just be accountable and and do better and right. better. That's all it is. And I know we just talked about him because he got hurt, but if Kevin Hart would have apologized and said sorry and owned up to those tweets, 
the man would have hosted the Oscars. Exactly. That's it. But no, that's it. But no, he wanted to double down and say, "Yeah, I don't apologize." And this and that, the third and the fourth and fifth, and all that bullshit about um, positivity. Y'all, y'all staying on negative shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? Just say sorry. That's all it has. The same with Nate Parker. Like, the the case had been old. This is the last thing. The case had been old when it was brought back up. Instead of like going on the offensive to defend yourself. Just admit that you had the wrong thinking and, and you were in the fault. Right. Like, that's all that's all we needed. But no. Your movie was still been bad, but you've still been working. Right. Probably. Yeah, the movie was shit, but so oh. yeah. That was our slow news week. Right. <laughs> for the ill list. And now we will transition to uh our not segment, our TV segment. We'll discuss um, two trailers and then get into the two shows we've been watching. First up, we had we received the Mr. Robot season four trailer. Yes. Um, Mr. Robot's been one of my favorite shows the past few years. Very timely and topical and just sort of different than what than what else was on TV. What did you think of the trailer? Um, well, it looks like it's going to be another dark season and I mean that in the terms of lighting. That shit kills me. But, <laughs> and if they whisper again this season I'd be pissed off. But from what I saw, he, he's sticking to his thing. He says it's gonna be like around Christmas time or whatever. And like you got that through the music and the vibe and I don't know, I didn't really grab too much from it, but I'm still excited. Like uh that's what I'll say. Yeah, I, I agree. It looks like things are going to definitely like come to some end and yeah, yeah. I mean, I survive, which, I mean, a lot of people didn't survive last season. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, just thinking where things left off, um, you had him sort of trying to realign his mission and not really losing, but yeah, sort of being, he was sort of like recruited. Right. By um, White Rose and that whole conglomerate. Um, it's just, it's going to be very interesting to see that show and how it comes to an end. That's Uh, literally, White Rose, oh God, whenever B.D. Wong is on, he he just steals every scene. He really does. He he deserves all the awards. Like, he was busy last year. Yes, he was. (laughs) He was like everywhere. He's been busy his whole life, man. Mm, Great actor. Yeah. And then, um, speaking of Mr. Robot, which was created by Sam Esmail, I saw the trailer for his upcoming show on USA called Briar Patch. Okay. Starring Rosario Dawson. Um, she is starring as a sister of a sheriff who's murdered, and she returns home to investigate the murder. And the trailer sort of casts this as like a dark, comedy, weird... Yeah. Like in the vein of Mr. Robert, but I don't think as um maybe not as grounded. Cause right. it's sort of often like some western town or whatever. Um the cast looked really pretty good, but I couldn't really get a grasp on the total tone because some of the stuff looked comical, but there's definitely a, a seedier yeah, aspect to it. Aspect to it. So I'm interested. It's not coming until next year. So, 
check that out later. I, I definitely I remember you telling me that he was doing something else. So. Yeah. But I, I'm tuning in for Rosario Dawson, and like I said, the cast looks pretty strong, so we'll see how that goes. So those were our two trailers, and then uh, two shows we watched last week. We had both got uh, episode three of both of these shows. First up, The Terror Infamy on AMC. This episode was called um, Gaman. Yeah, I think so. And basically, gaman is a Japanese term for enduring the seemingly unbearable with patience and dignity, <clears throat> perseverance. So, um, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm going to need you to talk about it because I did not watch it. Oh, okay. Um, well, I won't spoil anything. Um, or try not to. Basically, we get... Um, Hold on. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, it just said the internet connection was unstable, but then it... God. I don't know. It's fine now. Anywho, okay. Right. <laughs> Basically, um, we get more of life in the internment camp with uh, Chester and his family. His father and um, George Takei's character and the other guys come back from... They were like in the Arctic or wherever they were. They're finally coming yeah. to the informant camp. And um, obviously from the trauma he suffered, like his dad's feet are awfully frostbitten and it sort of bring, brings a rift between him and Chester. There was already that generational thing they had of Chester wanting to be more yeah. Yeah. Westernized and his father trying to keep the traditional, Japanese tradition in the family. But this sort of brings another rift to where um, he totally, his father totally distrusts the company, I mean, the country and what they're doing. And um, like we saw in the previous episode that they have spies that are um, checking on them and infiltrating. So he has no more trust in the U.S. government. And Chester decides that a way to sort of investigate or sort of get back, he wants to become a translator. They're hot, they've been hiring Japanese translators from the camps to work for the yeah. army, and basically folks see them as traitors. So Chester go ahead and volunteers for that. So that's gonna be another issue. And with um, her name, Luce, his fiance. Yeah. She's not, be, she's not treated very well by the fellow women. They all see her as a whore. And an outsider, like, they get looks when they're walking down, walking anywhere. Um, it's just really bad. Um, the big thing here, the spirits, I don't know what you call her. The thing, the, the ghost that's chasing them, she gets right. another victim. Oh. So, yeah. So that was part of the big, big thing. And there was a big reveal at the end of the episode. That's sort of shocking. So that's all I'll say there. Um, but um, but yeah, the uh, it was it was a good episode, and I think the stuff with Chester and his father um, is gonna build up because one of the quotes his father says is, "This is what we do, Gaman. You you persevere." And he said um, he told Chester, "But all you do is you run away," and he sees him joining the U.S. forces as another form of running away 
from his problems. Sort of like when when Chester was wanting to go to college and all that stuff, he saw that as him running away from the family. Now he's running away from his race, basically. So it was a good episode. Yeah, I'll have to give it a watch. I still got it on the DVR. There's just well, there's a lot of shit on there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, and then the second show we saw was David Makes Man, episode three, entitled MJB. Yes, I did watch this. Okay, so you did see this. So what did you think of this episode? Um, another good and strong episode. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I'll start. It was a good episode, but the things that stick out to me is just that whole dynamic with David and Saren. I mean, their friendship. Right. Friendship, you kind of see like the ups and downs and you know uh, you don't you don't really get to see friendships like that between black boys on television right it's either it's either like the street life right, right, right. mentality or I don't, I don't know right yeah there's not many options and yeah it's really nice to see them i mean they genuinely like care for each other they have the whole um you know, just how open they are with one another, even though, you know, Saren's getting beat and stuff. And I think one scene that stuck out to me was uh, when they were on the bus and right. they were hitting all the bumps and you could see how hurt Saren was and then David kind of scoots closer to him so his body won't bounce and he won't feel, you know, I was like, oh, wow, that's really kind of deep. But it, my main point, I'll get back to it. It was a good episode. Um, it was interesting to see kind of the, a little bit of background on his mother, because we don't have a lot of background on many of the characters. Right. Um, it, yeah, and, it's still, still very surface with Sarah's yeah. appearance. Yeah, I know I don't like them. That's what I'll say. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't like either one of them. And, like, to be in that house, I couldn't imagine, like, the emotional toll Saren goes through, because, like, when, when he sees his mom is coming home early, or someone's coming home early, he thinks it's Ray. And like he has to rush to the door and stand there to be ready to I don't know. Yeah. Interrogate. It was just very odd. And we see that she's she's just as corrosive uh, to yeah. him as his stepfather is. Yeah. And and I think David asked asked Saren if his mother knows that Ray is beating him or whatever. And mm -hmm. I yeah, I, she has to know. I mean, yeah, she has to, because in a sense, when she said, "I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach you" or something like that, right. I had a feeling that she was trying to keep him in line so Ray doesn't hit him. But still, it didn't come off like if that if she knows that she's just as complicit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's not any better than you trying to protect him. No. Um. And then I especially liked this all the scenes with David and the counselor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the way they show David's um conscious and the two other Davids, the corner boy from the Ville and then like the class clown right. at the school. Um, that was an interesting scene how um he eventually sort of like I could never tell if he was like lying all the way or just some but like near the end you kind of saw him sort of ignore both of those right and sort of try to tell him 
something was happening. And I didn't realize how much Sky meant to him. Yeah. That was really cool. That was a really good episode. Yeah. Um, and, and I love the stuff with Marissa and Saren, like sort of that, that kinship. Yeah. <laughs> kinship there. <laughs> Is her mother was okay with her talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, but not David. No. Um, yeah, and I was surprised at the song he chose. Like, I got why it was called MJB. The episode was called MJB right. now. I was not expecting that, along with the flashback of, like, who his father yeah. is and stuff. That was that was some intense, intense stuff. Yeah, um, well, at least I hope we get more about his mother. I hope that... that yeah, the, yeah, the next episode looks like to focus on, sort of, her and okay. Miss Elijah. Yeah, from the way was... I saw from the previews. So, um, yes, it's, I think it's going to go into like their history and everything. And I kind of, I kind of enjoy that. So we don't just get David. Yeah, right. Because as, as much as there's, as much as it's going on with him. Yeah. The other characters are interesting as well. And what's his name? How do you pronounce his name? Rainin or Rainon or whatever? Rain, yeah. Yeah, he got arrested. And I mean, we don't know for what. So maybe. Right. Right. Just like that. He was just, yeah. he was taken up. And I, I did like the scene when uh, his mom came to pick up his brother. <laughs> that was comical. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like how they're, I mean, the, the, the subject matter is heavy, but they have these light moments. Right. Around the sort of just like, just like live, so I will be tuning in for episode four this week. Very good episode. And now we'll transition to No Concessions, our movie segment here, where we had um, two trailers drop. One uh, for Terminator Dark Fate, which comes out later this year, I think in November. Yeah. Uh, did you see that trailer? Yeah, I saw it. It was intense. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I was never a huge Terminator fan. Like. Yeah, same. My dad had it on VHS, and he would watch the same scene over and over again. I can see it. It's when it's like that chase. The semi is on like that underpass, whatever, and it crashes and it blows up. And it's when Arnold Schwarzenegger first walks out of the fire. And I don't know, man. He's on a motorcycle. I don't know, but my dad used to just play it because of how loud it was. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about the, the franchise. Yeah, I, I I never really got into the movies. All I know is that, like, what I can tell, like, the first two, of course, were, like, the the major ones, the best ones. And then the right, right. subsequent sequels since then have not really upheld the franchise well. But this one uh, has James Cameron returning as producer right. and the director of Deadpool um, is, is that right? Yeah, Tim Miller, I think, is directing. And they have, of course, Arnold. And then they've got Linda Hamilton returning as Sarah Connor. Yeah. So this is supposed to link back to the first sequel. And they're, like, sort of erasing all that other stuff in this universe. So I was intrigued. Um, I especially like um, the guy who's playing the current Terminator, Gabriel Luna. Right. He's a good actor. Um, I, I am intrigued. I think I'll be seeing it in theater just because it looks pretty neat. Yeah, it looks like it could be one of those. 
I mean, I hope it does well because the franchise is known. Right. I hope it doesn't flop. Yeah. And speaking of flopping, we we got the trailer for Joker, DC's uh, offshoot origin story of Batman's greatest foe, starring Joaquin Phoenix and being directed by Todd Phillips. Um, it comes out rather soon. I know a lot of reviewers saw it already because I saw yeah. all that stuff online. They're calling it the best Batman film since Dark Knight and or the best DC film since Dark Knight. Yeah, I saw something that said Joaquin Phoenix uh, overacted and kind of hurts the film in that way. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a lot of people that like, how do I say this? A lot of people that think the film isn't necessary, maybe. Yeah, I could see like, that. Because, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, are kind of like uh, in this time that we're in right now with all these kind of <laughs> white guys right. out for revenge. Killing maybe, everybody, yeah. Right, maybe this isn't the best film to be putting out. So. Right, because it's basically a white guy who feels he's he's being undervalued and right. forgotten and he decides, oh, well, I'm just going to become a villain and kill everybody. Like the in, the whole incel thing. Because I'm thinking yeah. myself, like I'm watching this trailer. For one, I, I'm really shocked at how many black women I saw in the trailer. Like, right. like yeah. the m- mom and child on the bus. And then Zazie Beats is a co-star. His love interest, a psychologist. I'm like, what are y'all trying to do? Right. Hopefully they make it. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, seeing all the reviews, people saying, you know, it's the best film since Dark Knight. He gives an Oscar-worthy performance, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I know from all these white folks, men praising this film up, that it's probably not for me. No, no. Because it just seems, it seems too, too much on the issue of the sort of white radicalized male. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean... You can definitely understand why people don't want that right now. But um, I don't know. I like Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's a, a good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's and I'm sure, I'm sure he's, he's done a one performance, but right, right. this just feels like a weak way to sort of restore DC's film photography yeah. and all these people who think like comic films have to be like some type of artwork art film to beat to me anything i I don't know yeah i'm not gonna see it (laughs) yeah i probably won't see it Hmm. but anywho we'll we'll see how that comes out it comes out pretty soon in a few weeks or so um i saw over a few weekends back i decided to finally watch shazam um dc's for a way into like kid friendly films since they couldn't really yeah. get a win. It was it was pretty pretty good. Um I wouldn't have seen it in theaters unless I was five. Um yeah. it definitely has it definitely felt like a nineties kids film. Yeah. Sort of that um it just it just felt very nineties like the main character is an orphan who's who's 
um, been looking for his biological mom. He winds up in a group home. And that just felt really nice. I don't know why in the 90s, like, all these movies had, like, orphans and yeah, like it was foster kids. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, so many movies. That's why it felt so 90s. And, of course, um, a child, Billy Baston, he's, he's given this power from a wizard to defeat uh, evil upon the universe. Um, I think all the action parts were pretty good. Um, Zachary Levi plays Shazam, the adult version of the kid. Yeah. And um, it, it was, it was, it was cute. It was something to watch. Um, I did feel where it kind of lacked strength is like the family narrative. Like you saw um, Billy sort of form a relationship with one of the kids at the foster home or the group right. home he doesn't really do anything with the rest of the kids or just kind of like touch and go so when things happen near the end you're like well we didn't see any development of this relationship and that you're supposed to feel like sentimental for certain things it just kind of fell sort of flat to me but maybe kids sort of don't really see that but it was good for what it was and they could have a sequel the way it ended it seemed they would have some type of sequel so it, it did make $300 million, so it was a big win Damn. for DC. Yeah, and when did that come out? Did that come out last year? Or? It was like April this year, which I totally forgot. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just... I'll have to it go. Yeah, it, it, was, it was good. Um, very, very for the kids, but it wasn't terrible or anything like that. Did you see anything, binge anything? Um, and binge anything. I, I, I had three episodes. I watched a lot. I had three episodes of The Deuce to watch of last season to get ready for this newest season. Mm-hmm. Knock those out. Um, I've been watching, uh, I watched the shows I had to watch Righteous Gemstone on Becoming a God in Central Florida. But randomly, I found this channel that we have. Like I didn't know, uh, it's called Hits or whatever. And so they have all these movies, and I watched the, uh, I watched Pleasantville again. I had seen the movie obviously with oh. Tom and Tobey Maguire, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I last saw it when I was like a teenager, and uh, so I watched that again. I just it was good. It it is it's weird how that happens. How you can see something when you're younger and be like, oh well, okay, I don't get the point. But then you know. Um, you see it a second time and it kind of hits a bit differently and that's all yeah so that's what happened i was kind of just like oh you know i wouldn't recognize that when i was or i definitely didn't recognize that when i was uh, right right as a kid yeah that's cool yeah other than that no i didn't really uh binge too much or see anything new yeah we randomly we watch gladiator because my mom watches it every time it's ever yeah. And it was just interesting seeing that then like like then that was like a big technological advance and like right. hammer yeah. work and everything like that. And to see it now until you was like, oh, we've come so far. <laughs> yes, yeah. The green screen was just whew. not great. But yeah, it's so, still story still holds pretty well. Oh yeah. And it's one of Russell Crowe's best performances yeah. it has to be. Yeah. Definitely. And speaking of Russell Crowe, we'll venture to our uh, box office here for the past weekend. Gerard Butler, who is not Russell Crowe, but wanted to be, 
<laughs> his film Angel Has Fallen topped the box office uh, for a second weekend. Um, it may it was made for forty million. It has grossed exactly forty million since last weekend. Wow. It only grossed eleven million this Labor Day weekend, which seems very poor for a holiday. Yeah. Weekend um, for four days. Um, so that was number one, Angel Has Fallen. Number two was Good Boys. Number three was Lion King, so there. Four was Fur- Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. And number five was Ready or Not. I've heard a lot of good things about Ready or Not. I just haven't seen it. So that was your box office top five. And that concludes our no concession segment. And we'll now transition to our feature presentation for this episode where we talk about fall film preview. Um, but first, were there any films this past summer or earlier this year that really stood out to you that you enjoyed? Um, honestly, nothing that really like blew me away. And I didn't go and see a lot of films either um, this year. But um, no, and I was thinking, man, this is a this is a strange. When I saw the questions, I was like, well, well. yeah. The only thing I went to see that kind of stood out um obviously us that was yeah. a highlight early in the year um i like captive state which was like that sort of like sci-fi film right right it was kind of low-key um and then i guess avengers endgame was like a big yeah you know but nothing else that really that had me like wanting to watch it again or anything like that right. It's weird because there's like just always so many films that you kind of forget what's going on and forget when they're coming and all that stuff. So I don't know. Things get in the way and yeah, and it's just a chore to go out to the. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so right. That's the big part of it too. But um, we'll see. From this list we're about to talk about, it looks like the end of the year may be finishing strong, though. Right, yeah. The end of the year looks a lot stronger. So um, we have this fall film preview here. Right. Um, starting this month, this Friday, all the way down to at least November here, right. are a bunch of movies. Um, this month alone, we've got It, Chapter 2, Hustlers, Goldfinch, Goldfinch, Said that wrong. Ad Astra, Downton Abbey, and Judy. Um, any of those stick out to you that you want to see? Um, I or yeah. we'll see later or on your list to see before twenty twenty. <laughs> right. It. I think it's one because I. As my, I didn't really like the first one. I like the original it, but I didn't like oh. the movie all that much. Okay. I'll probably I'll probably watch this. Jessica Chastain's in it. Um, I read part of the Goldfinch. The book's way too long, so I'll probably see that so I can figure out what happens in that second <laughs> half of the book. <laughs> um, and Hustlers, I think that's uh, from from September. Those three will probably be what I check out. Yeah, I've definitely got Hustlers on my list. Um, the Goldfinch looked interesting. I'm trying to understand. The premise. So, I'll give you a quick rundown. Ansel, is that his name? Ansel Egger? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he, so. His character, his mother is in, uh, they're in an art museum when he's younger. A bomb goes off in the art museum, killing his mother. Ansel's character like wakes up and steals this painting called The Goldfish. They're in mm-hmm. Amsterdam. And then he kind of holds on to the painting for the rest of his life and that it, it revolves around that. So oh, okay. Yeah. The book is literally like 700 pages long. Ooh, right. Okay, I couldn't really grasp what I knew. I figured something was stolen and they're trying to figure out what's going on, but I wasn't sure exactly who was playing what role. The cast looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. It does. So yeah, I would say those two. It's I don't do horror like that. (laughs) But um I might see it rent it later on. Yeah. Those were those two were on my list. And then October gets really busy. Um we've got the current war, which I can't remember what that was about. Oh, I think about electricity or something like that. Yeah. Bandit Cumberbatch or inventors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I can pass that. So the current war, Joker, uh, Lucy in the Sky with um, Natalie Portman playing the astronaut, Gemini Man with Will Smith, uh, Anime the Addams Family film. We've got uh, Takia, how do you say his name? Who? Jojo Rabbit. Oh, by the guy who directed Thor, yeah. Ragnarok, Takeda. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, him. It's supposed to be like a satire about Hitler or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Maleficent 2. He has Zombieland 2, Double Tap. The Aeronauts, a movie called Bad Trip. And then Black and Blue. And there may be others I don't know about, but... Um, I've got down Gemini Man, possibly Zombieland 2, because I, I, I like Zombieland, the first one. Oh, yeah. That first one's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And then Black and Blue. Right. Uh, what are your picks? Um, I would say um, <laughs> The Adams Family, because <laughs> I just love that whole series. So I'll definitely be fair for that. Um, Zombieland. And uh, the lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That comes out October eighteenth. My miss. I don't know about the second Maleficent. Oh, the first one was good, but yeah, I can't really pin down where the story's going. I know, of course, the first oh. one, she's more of like a a friend to Aurora, and all of a sudden, like Aurora's going to get married, so now she's evil again like is that the well, whole... uh, i'm not i'm not even sure but i don't know um, it kind of seems like it's going everywhere i don't know gemini man does look interesting this is ang lee um directing will smith and sort of like a uh advanced another advanced technical logical thing where he's he, a younger version of himself is trying to kill the current character or yeah. assassin yeah. It looks pretty good, and the cast looks pretty strong. Now, and Will sort of... Oh, what'd you say? I was going to say the technology that they're using, too. Yeah, to sort of make two Will Smiths. 
and the cast looks strong, and he hasn't done well. I mean, he he did Suicide Squad, but right, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Black and Blue, starring Naomi Harris. Um, I'm going to give the movie a chance. I just feel like it's it's going in a direction I didn't want it to go with. Yeah, the whole hood chasing her too type thing, and. Oh, like the first 15 seconds of the trailer kind of sold you something else than what the rest exactly so i hope it doesn't i hope it doesn't devolve into something than what i since some type of lesser narrative i don't know and plus tyrese is in it that's just oh. like they could have easily made mike Coulter like yeah. her comrade or whatever and someone else to play the villain but i don't know It'll be interesting to see a black woman in an action film, I yeah. guess you could say. I mean, I hope it does well for like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we come to November. We've got Harriet, Motherless Brooklyn, Terminator Dark Fate, Doctor Sleep, the uh, Shining sequel, yeah. uh, the reboot of Charlie's Angels. We've got Netflix's The Irishman. Uh, Last Christmas, uh, The Good Liar, 21 Bridges, All Rise, the Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks, which is actually called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, um, Disney's Big Frozen 2, Knives Out, and then Queen and Slim. Yeah, a lot of movies. Yes, yeah, a very a large amount of movies in November. Uh, which ones stand out to you? Three that stand out to me, uh, start backwards. Uh, Queen and Slim, that's with uh, Michael Benjamin, Casey, Daniel Kalua, and. Oh, what's that girl's name? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a three word name. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like Jody. One second. Jody Turner Smith. Yes, yes. That, that trailer, I was definitely sold on that. Um, and. November 15th, the report comes out. I think that's on Amazon. That's with Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah, I've seen uh, trailers for that. That looks interesting. I, I think what pulled me into that was that, you know, we were alive during 9-11. We were just young. And now we're getting all this stuff about the, the, the dark side of it starting to get flushed out. Mm -hmm. So kind of just automatically put those on my list. So that one. And uh, Charlie's Angels. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> um, I, I guess Motherless Brooklyn. See what that's about. Trailer looks good. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Motherless Brooklyn's definitely on my list. Apparently, uh, what's his name? Edward Norton have been trying to make this film for like 20 years or something like that. Wow. Um, so he he's uh, the star writing and directing. And it's based on a novel. The story looks pretty interesting. Um, I couldn't really tell exactly the relationships other than the one between Bruce Willis' character and his character from the trailer, but the story did look interesting. Yeah. And I've got that. Of course, Terminator Dark Fate, which we talked about. And I've got The Good Liar highlighted. Um, that trailer was pretty awesome. 
Um, this stars Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. Oh wow. And Ian's character is basically a con man who um I think sort of courts Helen. But he's not who he says he is, and someone knows who he is, and it's basically trying like to keep ahead of the lie before he's caught out. And we're not exactly sure what it is that he's done in the past that he's trying to cover up. But the trailer is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think I saw it randomly on uh, Twitter okay. and looked at it, and I mean, a film with Ian and Helen—that's like. Right. Crazy casting. Um, anything else? I'm kind of interested in 21 Bridges because of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Um, but it kind of looks like a basic action film. And Harriet's still on my list, even though people are definitely not here for Cynthia Revo, but yeah. it looks interesting. And I think All Rise is the movie about uh I think it's about a, a convict who later becomes a lawyer. Is that it? Because it's not not the TV show. <laughs> it's the <laughs> film. Oh, now, now I know what All Rise is. It's um, a movie based on Walter D. Myers' Monster. Oh, okay. That yeah. Yeah, Monster about the young boy who's accused of murder. Yeah. It's, it's that, but they changed the title to All Rise. And it's kind of been a big indie thing oh. so far. And it's now finally getting released. So that's what that is. So I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah. If it comes here. Um, I didn't see what was slated for December. I know we've got the Star Wars flick. Um, I'm not sure what else. Yeah. Uh, I don't know either. Let me do a quick looky here. Oh, we've got 1917. Oh, yeah. On the yeah, 31st. Yeah. Uh, cats. No, thank you. No. <laughs> uh, Little Women reboot. Oh, this is Jojo Rabbit comes out in December. So maybe I'm mistaken. Anyway, uh, West Side Story. That's Steven Spielberg's oh, remake. Yeah. Yeah. I think that comes out then. Um, I'm not sure what else. I'm seeing movies, but they've got the wrong dates on here. So I'm not sure when these actually come out. So confusing. Um, I did see a trailer for a movie called Antlers. It's supposed to be a horror movie from, I think, uh, Guillermo del Toro. It stars yeah. Carrie Russell. Did you see that trailer? Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm I know exactly what you're talking about. I guess there's some type of monsters or something. Yeah. 
Or with with Guillermo, yeah, there's definitely got to be monsters. So. Yeah, I producing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that's what it is. It just looked like um, something I would not be watching anytime soon. Yeah, these horror films, man, I love it. It's... Horror's definitely making a comeback. Oh yeah. Oh, there was that underwater trailer. Now I'm just going through YouTube seeing trailers. Uh, with uh, Kristen Stewart. It's basically oh. aliens underwater. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, Kristen, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sure there'll be more uh, coming. I'm trying to think of anything else I've heard about. Not really. But yeah, this uh, film season is going to be pretty jam-packed. Um, yeah. Some good potentially good movies coming out um, the oscars interesting coming yeah definitely because right now just like early oscar talk um i know us uh people were wanting lupita for for leading actress um i'm trying to think what else i guess joaquin phoenix will be there yeah, uh, probably. I just haven't really seen any. Well, I guess most Oscar films come out this time of year anyway, but I haven't really seen any Oscar pedigree films. So I guess The Farewell will kind of get some buzz because people say Aquafina is really good in that. Um, so yeah, other than that, I don't think anything else there. So what will you be streaming for the weekend? Oh, let's see. I'm uh, still Westworld. I know I've said that a couple of times, but I, I've I knocked out the Deuce. I knocked out the other shows I need to watch. Now, when this weekend comes up, I think I may do like a a three episode one day, three episode the next type thing, and just really try to knock it out. I mean, I got ample time before that starts, but mm -hmm. that's, that's definitely what I'm I'm doing next. Is Westworld. Okay. Um, for me, yesterday, the latest season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went on Netflix. So I'm going to try to finish that up because the final season's in December. And I want to start Snowfall, but I guess I'll just wait till this season's over and start it later. I really wish I had started that when it started because I remember being hype about it and then I just, I just didn't watch it. Yeah, I... I something else was on or something like that. I didn't yeah. get into it. And people said it's it's really good, so I want to hop in that train before another season gets by. Right, right. Exactly. And I think my friend and I, sometime this week, are going to watch um, the Harvey Weinstein documentary on Hulu. Oh. On is that already out or does it drop this week? It's already out. Oh, okay. So wow. that would be an interesting watch. Um, basically, documentary sort of chronicling his his year long behavior in the industry and sort of like his rise and fall, basically. So that'll be an interesting take to witness because I think we were just too young to even know who he was. Yeah. Growing up, and then like 
kind of figuring out, oh, that's who that is, oh, that's what he does, blah, 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 right. and, and for all this to come out, and the multiple stories and tales of actresses who sort of just disappeared, it all sort of right. like, yeah. makes sense, so. Because even when it happened in 2017 and all that kicked off, I was like, wow, these stories are wild. Who are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, I know who they're talking about. Right. But yeah, it's it's unfortunately that has been a part of a lot, just a part of our culture. Yeah. For eons, like basically from the beginning, we see it with Jeffrey Epstein, oh God. and it's going to hit the music industry sooner or later. And a lot of these folks, faves, black or white, and white, yeah. are going to tumble. Yeah, that's it's interesting you say that because. Um, I'm not sure how they've been able to evade it and stay away from it for so long. So, I mean, I, I feel like some of the people that were really probably the worst at it probably did it like in the 60s and 70s and maybe like dying now. Oh, yeah. Like, I know the 90s were bad. Like, oh, yeah. With all yeah. those boy bands and girl bands and Mm-hmm. And even like I forgot to put this in the news. It wasn't really news, but this past week the developments with Paul Mooney and yeah, you know, actions with Richard Pryor's son. It was like, wait a second, are you kidding me? It was so random. Yeah, that really caught me off guard. I was like, wait, wait a second, wait a second, what? Yeah, and it just like the time then everything. There was no SVU. There was no oh. like. Thought of consent, right. like as long as they kiss you back or kept quiet, like it was just anything goes. And right, pretty much. unfortunately, today, like that's not the way it is. There's regulations, there's laws, there's all this stuff. So it's gonna come back, unfortunately. I don't know if you think of it as the same thing, but when I think about like the kind of that time before maybe like the 90s, it everything just kind of seemed like a free-for-all, man, like in like the 70s and the 80s, and just, it's just kind of like, well, just go and do, you know, it seemed, seemed wild, it seemed reckless. Yeah, and it, it seemed like that, that's just the way it is, like the, like the cast, casting couch and right. just all that, and even like, even though the industry doesn't really support LGBT artists and stuff like that, it it was still part of the industry, like executives and what they require of certain people. Like it's just unbelievable what stuff's coming out now. Right. But not to veer off to any right. fierce conversation or anything. Um, this has been another episode of the uh, Is a Streamable Life podcast. You can listen to wherever podcasts are available. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AS Life Podcasts, and we will see you next week where we will continue our countdown of the Emmy nominations. That's coming up really quick. It's already yes. September. It's um, <laughs> it really did. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. You've been listening to a Streamable Life Podcast with your hosts, Lauren and Brandon. Come again for next week's episode.